Welcome to We Are Meaningful, a podcast where we transform the anonymous experiences of black and brown talent into powerful audio narratives. Each month, we center the dialogue around a common theme, providing you, our listeners, with the tools and resources you need to help navigate, grow, and thrive in corporate spaces. Our stories, experiences, and our voices are meaningful. We are meaningful. Hi, everyone. This is Crystal. And this is Krista. And today we're joined by Dawn Christian. Dawn is a belonging, inclusion, diversity, equity, access, and social justice or ideas practitioner who has been a globally recognized thought leader and featured keynote speaker, writer, and podcast guest. She is the CEO of Belong by Dawn Christian LLC which she founded after nearly 20 years of being the only in the room. And we can relate. She is driven to empower others to claim and create their spaces to belong. The I Belong Here brand, the social consciousness apparel brand, is a literal and figurative way to say her motto, I belong here just as I am. Don is also hosting the Belonging Conference, BeCon 2020, Claiming and Creating, which will launch on October 24th, 2020. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you for having me. It's such a joy to be here with both of you. Yes, and we are so excited about BeCon. Yes, we are. Thrilled to have you. Why, you ask? (laughs) Why, you ask? Because we're going to be up in the building. All the way up (laughs) in the building. The virtual building. Oh, yeah, not in a building, but we'll be virtually in the yeah, building. Got to be careful. Can't, can't be out here reckless. They're having people thinking we're breathing <laughs> on each other in this COVID, in these COVID streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot going on in these COVID streets. But we are so excited to talk to you today about our narrative for this month, Stunted. So let's roll the narrative. wanted to call to you and talk about my day I mean it's just foolishness as per usual yeah yeah it's work I talked with my manager again about what growth looks like I mean taking a course opportunity for advancement something and it's just it's just the same old BS it's coming we'll get to it focus on mastering your current role we'll see what happens in the next year I've been mastered my role. And you think after so many years of giving them gold, like improving the team and offering innovative solutions, pioneering our org's direction, they'd want to not even reward, but honor the commitment and the work that I've given them. And every time we go into a performance conversation, I, I have no idea what I'm being measured against. So no one is tracking my successes because we don't even get goals at the beginning of the year. I don't know my benchmarks, my objectives. So how are you going to give me a performance review when we didn't set the bar prior to me performing? I know, I, I know, I know. But it's just interesting, listen to this, two weeks ago, that same guy that I helped train years back got promoted. Like, remember, I onboarded him into a role below me 
And now I'll be reporting to him in a like dotted line kind of way. But that's what really gets me. Like you trust me to train others, but continue to ask me to master my role before we can talk about growth. And I've thought about my goals. I've shared them broadly. I've done my research, gotten additional credentials and certifications outside of that team. I've even drafted career roadmaps. I'm like, all I need is a thumbs up. Help me get there. But at this point, I really just think they're lazy. They don't want to grow me. So it feels like I'm working towards nothing. Like I want to be inspired and driven and curious. And it's hard for me to do that when I can't see what I'm working towards or even talk about it in a real way. Like I don't even have that space. So I'm stuck and it's frustrating because I want to be better for myself, but the people around me don't want that for me. Like how can you grow in a space that either doesn't believe in you or doesn't want to nurture you? I'm in cement, like I need soil and light and water and purpose. So Don, after hearing the narrative stunted, what were your initial thoughts and reactions? I mean, after deep breath and reflection of how many times I've been in that very same seat, I just really got to the point of just fatigue. Honestly, so tired of hearing this as a rites of passage, if you will, for so many black and brown women in organizations everywhere where we're having these conversations that just don't reflect reality, don't reflect what we've been, what we've done, how we've contributed, how we show up, or even where we want to go. So after uh, holding my breath and, and thinking through a few choice words, I also just centered myself on where I am today, which is let's get through this. Let's create and claim some spaces that get us right past these stop gaps that are just no longer real, that we can no longer accept. So I got a question asking for a friend. What are those choice words? Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not afraid to share. <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that Dawn um, but I love that you brought up that there are these stories that are going around and they aren't necessarily our experience and what it made me think about is that there are so many people online people who are non-black indigenous or people of color who have all of these tips and tricks about how we can navigate the workplace or how we can get from one level to another that just don't work for us because we just don't have the same experiences within the workplace. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll also say that with with that, right, you were mentioning how, um, how you might have choice words. I, I think a lot of us do, right? And with that comes this emotional labor or this, like, added burden to our day and to our psyche. So speaking on mindset, like what do you think it does to your mindset, Don, when your leveling or title or role don't align with the qualifications and experience that you have? You know, so it's difficult in this current environment. So I'll caveat 
what I want us to, how I want us as humans, as black women, as people to move to, okay, now in this situation, right? Because I don't want anybody out here reckless. We all need to eat benefits and to do our best in this current environment. So in, in day to day, pre COVID outside of this space, what we need to start doing is start to first center ourselves being mentally and spiritually resonant with who and what you are and what you bring to the table will always bring you back to where you're supposed to go. What you hear when you leave your, the safety of your four walls um, or, you know, where you're comfortable or your home or whatever, you know, the people that, that big you up, what you may hear may not reflect exactly what you see yourself as or where you see yourself going. So you have to stay centered. That's number one, regardless of COVID or anything else. In this particular environment, use all the things, technology, like don't have your camera on for that one meeting of that person that you know you're going to have to look at sideways. Like just have your camera off for that session so that you can get through it and move through it and journal your way afterwards to a place that keeps you focused and centered. When we're in these jobs, when we're physically in these spaces and we're having these conversations and somebody says, this is where you belong versus what you've actually earned. What you do with that is you, yes, do that job because that's the one you're getting paid for right now. But start showing up and, and delivering receipts on where you truly know you belong, whether it's in that office or on a board somewhere else or in your fraternity or sorority somewhere, start to collect evidence of where you truly belong and where you need to be because sponsorship, mentorship, advocacy look different for us. So we need to be able to plant that not only where we go to get our checks, but where we go to get checked and check in so that when we start to navigate our way out of these spaces, we have some folks that we can dial into that have seen us do what we are meant to do. And you have, and, and that sounds like more, that sounds like extra, but I'll be um, real direct. And this is what white folks and others call having a network. This is what white folks and other people call on the golf course or sitting down and having tea at the club. We have to create that club mentality, that network in ways that may not show up the way they do, but give us the same delivery, which is some folks that will vouch for you and see you move towards where you're supposed to be. I love how you focused so much on what it looks like to center yourself and to prioritize self-care, mm-hmm. right? Because the question was, what does it do to your mindset, right? When you when you feel like you don't you don't have a role that aligns with your true potential, sure. And it it was interesting to hear how the perspective you took was actually about how you uh, prepare your mindset mm-hmm. for those situations, not how you let those situations affect mm-hmm. your mindset. And I think that's really, really powerful because in general, I think most of us wait for situations or burnouts or really, really tough years like this one uh, to, to get right, to be reflective, to center ourselves. 
So I think you're right that a lot of the times when you have to bear these burdens and these situations, it's easier if you're just preemptive Mm -hmm. and you have that mindset going into it. Yeah, it's like it's like that stay ready so you ain't got to get ready type of thing. And not until we're kind of pushed to these limits do we realize like, oh, that's why I was doing that. And to be honest with you, it's having Mm -hmm. been pushed to the limits that has got me to the place where I can say you have to do this because I've been broken. I've been to the place where it's like, okay, well, I just go. I had a conversation Mm -hmm. with my husband, like how much money we have in the bank. And so what can what is it can we do? Because, you know, there were the there have been these moments, but then there's the giving of the power and there is give yourself power. You can give it away or you can give it to yourself to where you're like, okay. I need this paycheck. And so this is going to be, I called my former job, my angel fund for years because I knew that I needed to invest in belong by Don Christian. I know I needed to invest in getting my inclusion and diversity certification, which now they have paid for, I think in my wake, six or seven people to get behind me. But when I asked to go get it, it was, oh, well, we have these online classes on um, bias that you can take if that's really an interest of you. Now, I mean, it's to the point where I almost need to write Cornell, like, where my check at? Like I'm saying, you have a first. So, but but see, they see the value now that 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 I've left the organization. They see that oh, this is really a thing. This is really something we should be investing in in our people. This is really a way that we should start to view what we're doing here. Because as a multi billion dollar company, the affect that we're having on people is showing up. And so, if that question were to ever be asked, do we invest in this way? They need the receipts to show that they've cared, that they've done their part. But we have to start seeing that we can't wait for the review to see if they've given us the five out of five. We can't wait until it's time for promotions for us to say, okay, well, I should have been. We need to start showing along the way. It seems tedious every email, every time you start to see, you know, put a post or get a picture of you doing something or writing something in a newsletter at work. Just all of this is so that at the end of the day, you can hand somebody a bouquet of flowers that represent you that say it was really nice being here, but these are all the blooms and all the reasons why I'm walking up out of here and taking this somewhere else so I can plant seeds instead of just sitting in a vase ready to waiting to be seen and waiting to die until you get ready to throw me away. I'm going somewhere where I can plant this pollen, plant these seeds and grow, whether that's on my own accord or whether that's going to another organization that sees me. And it takes us to break. We are we societally have been taught to take as women take it as black people take it take it take it take it is strong to take it show them that they can't don't let them see you break don't let them see you sweat you know um fake it till you make it all the things that basically mean assimilate take more crap just be glad to have a job and then continue until somebody gives you a chance to be seen and now we need to start to be empowered with I need a path out. I'm going to invest in myself. 
I'm going to take a chance and go apply to this other job. I'm going to go sit on this board so that other people can see me be great. I'm going to go get this other degree. Start pouring into yourself because pouring into a, a, a bottomless glass is never going to be full. Yeah, I love these strong examples about how those who are listening can have a path forward, whether it's through them taking control within the organization, outside the organization, taking account of the things that they've done, and ultimately just stepping out and saying, listen, I recognize that you don't recognize my value. So now I'm going to take steps to make sure that I can get the things that I deserve. But what do you think are the risks that are associated with this, especially when it comes to raising concerns about your growth with your manager or leadership teams? And does it look different for black and brown women? Absolutely looks different for black and brown and then looks exponentially different for brown and black women and looks exponentially different even so for especially black women and i'm not saying that brown women don't have a strife but right especially today black saying the word black is political and that's what i am every day so how does what the skin i wear end up being a political statement no matter what i say out of my mouth Right. So that's an extra weight that we carry um, as black people. But I think first and foremost, always be informed, always be informed of policies. People get worried about policies, about what they keep out. But policies also let you know what's in. So be aware of your corporate policies on speaking up. Be aware on your corporate policies on harassment. Be aware on your local policies and otherwise on doing so. There will always be risk to what's right, right? There will always be some skin in the game for changing how some people think the world should move, the the axis that the world tilts on. We had skin in the game when we decided that we wanted black and brown folks to vote, when we decided that we wanted women to vote. These were never things that were intended to be part of our rights, but we did what we needed to do at a risk of what was right. I'm not saying that you need to go in every day and, you know, fist up, chest out, but be aware of the policy so you know how to play within the guardrails of what's in front of you. Know who the, what the power structure is, who is in power, and how to empower yourself by knowing all of those factors. The reason why I say receipts is, yes, it's to show them and demonstrate what you've done, but it's also to show and demonstrate when you go, all of the things that you did to be a part of an organization, to adhere to the policies. It's also to show when you walk away, if you decide to go to EEOC or if you have an exit interview, if you have these moments, you have everything you need to be able to articulate and not just vent, but articulate, demonstrate, and show that even though you did these things correctly, you were still oppressed, held back, treated differently. And without that, you have nothing. You're just venting. So the risk is how much does it mean to you to 
look at your career and walk away when you decide to walk away, whether it's on your terms or otherwise, what do you need to substantiate your story? What do you need to stand upon that will back you up and back you through a process or policies that may be able to be articulated differently than what they were intended to be? The risk is your well-being, your mental health and well-being, the health and well-being of your family. Because when you start giving up pieces of yourself at work, you might think, oh, I'm just doing that at work. That's not who I really am. You are chipping away at the veneer Mm -hmm. of who you really are and your family sees it. Your children see it. My son Mm -hmm. is three and he knows, mommy, are you going to work? Mommy, are you okay? My husband has never, he had to come to work one time for me, and I won't give the details of why, but he had to come to the office one time for me. But he could feel every day when I was either processing something that I thought I left at the office 30 miles away two hours ago, when I couldn't sleep right and couldn't get up and have a smile on my face, when I couldn't tune into my my toddler son because I was processing what somebody else had said to me when so you think you leave it at the office but it comes it comes on home with you and you until we're able to put ourselves in positions and recognize that this is no longer a healthier process this is no longer a healthy process for me or my family then we're giving up more than we need to just for the sake of having a check. And let me say this to most of the people that will be listening. You are more qualified than you think you are. You can get another job. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. you can fill out another application. You can take another job. And don't listen to the hustle that you hear a lot of people say. You might have to take a few steps back. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't take any steps back. You've already taken all the hits. You've already had more degrees, more experience to have the lower ranking job. You already did that. So don't do that. It may take time to articulate and to get to the space and get that resume where it needs to be or meet the right person or go on enough interviews, but always always get your worth. Always know your equity and move based off of what you know you bring to the table. And when it comes time to negotiate for that, the question you ask is, what's the range for that position? Then you move based off of an informed decision, not off of the fact that, oh, as a black person, I don't want to seem too aggressive. That's not what we do. Be informed and know your worth. Yes, we ask for what what we deserve. And there's three things that you said that I think are some recurring themes that we hear, which are you have to care for yourself. You can't pour into an empty cup. So if you, like you said, continue to allow the culture and the situations at your job to chip away at you, you won't be there for your family. The second thing that I heard was that you're more than qualified. And we say this all the time. You are more than qualified. You got degrees, certifications, you've done the work. And the people who are doing the hiring many times, whether it's the recruiter, whether it's the hiring manager, you're oftentimes more qualified than that person. And then the last subliminal message that I heard was go vote. 
Vote. Vote. Vote like somebody died for your right to vote because they did. Yes. And our lives definitely depend on it. Yes. And it wasn't just one somebody. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, and I think it's just really powerful. Like Crystal said, this theme that you have going of like pour into yourself, right? And I think one of the things that also happens is that people don't realize it's not something that just happens once. It's not just one day. It's not just one moment. If you think about it, it's something that has to be continuous. And I think quite often we give, we pour like plenty of ourselves into work, right? That's like a daily thing. That's an expectation that we have of ourselves. Uh, But pouring into yourself doesn't happen as often as it needs to and as frequently as it needs to. I think especially during COVID era, right? I've seen the the affect again of so many people feeling burnt out and what it looks like to their families and what it looks like to their friends and what it just looks like for their health, right? And I, I think especially for, for black and brown women and especially for black women in uh, everything that's happened this year, right? The political climate, the civil rights movement, there's so much happening. Why not pour into yourself? Why give it to somebody else? So I, I think that listeners are really going to resonate with what you said and hopefully feel empowered to do that for themselves. Where can they find more of you, Don? You can certainly find more of me um, on Instagram. So at belong by Don uh, by Don Christian. Excuse me, at belong by Don Christian on LinkedIn. Don Christian and in uh, parens Randall is my maiden name, so you'll know you have the right one. And belong by Don there was there's one little thing that I feel like if I didn't say it I would kick myself afterwards. So I'm I'm going to say this because we're talking about being stunted. And I feel like if you if we were to have a discussion with your manager and they were to say to you, "Well, we want you to just do this. Just do that. Whatever that is. Stay in this position for 18 more months or take this one assignment." Always ask the why and what's the what's the result? What do I get out of that? What does that do for the organization? Don't be afraid if someone's asking for you to stretch, hmm. ask them what am I stretching to reach for? When I stretch out my arms, when I reach out Ooh. my hands, what's going to what am I going to receive? And how and put it into again those receipts. Put it in your goals. Put it in your goals, put it in your annual, whatever that system is, and make sure that you have something to align the ask with the receipt at the end of the day. It is about making sure and sometimes asking questions lets the person know that you see them without it being what you mean it's more of a oh i think she might see exactly what i'm doing why would i why am i the one chosen to take this this assignment why am i the one what do what is it that you see in me or for my career that you're seeing get them to articulate their process so that you can move a from an informed space but also show up as a person that's kind of on it and sees what's going on. Mm-hmm. And by asking questions, I had a white sponsor mentor teach me the value of asking me asking questions. He said, don't say that. Just ask. Ask if that's how they feel. 
He said, you would be surprised. I ask all kinds of questions. Just ask questions. It's not aggressive. It's not. It doesn't put you in a position. It puts you in a position of being informed. And it puts you in a position of, of a person that looks like they're in tune and wants to know more. So never be afraid to inquire what it means for you to take a step and what it means at the end of the day. And if I didn't say that, I would be kicking myself. Don't. When you're stunted, give them somewhere to move you to. Move around the the seeming um, roadway or gap that it is and tell them where does the water and have them tell you where the water flows. Have them tell you where the bridge is. Make sure that they know that you see that this can't be the end. There is more for me. And that we will continue this conversation based off of what I'm going to give, do for you. We're going to continue to have these conversations as I continue to be stretched and moving towards something and not just stretched to be stretched. Yes. Come on, somebody. And this conversation will be continued. Don, where else can people find you? On October 20th. You can find me uh, at the Belonging Conference, a.k.a. BCon, Claiming and Creating, where you two will be opening up our day as we explore all things the concept of, on the concept of belonging um, with our featured keynote, Minda Hearts, and several other brilliant facilitators like the Meaningful Team. We are going to pull ourselves through a day of conversations of both claiming and creating our spaces to belong on National Vote by Mail Day because why? You will not be my friend if you are eligible and have not registered for and dropped a ballot somewhere in 2020. And so we are going to, because we belong here, because I belong here, I am voting. And so we are so thrilled to have this day, thrilled to open it up with the two of you and the meaningful team. And we're going to close it out with y'all as well as we do our podcast party. So please join us in multiple conversations on the concepts of claiming and creating our spaces to belong. Yes, y'all better be there or be square and you better vote. I'm voting tomorrow. I think I'm voting. Early voting. Early voting. I'm. Is your voting that early? Yes. Yeah. Maybe I haven't done enough research. I was planning to go Monday, October 26th. It depends on where you are. I'm starting tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm in Florida, so. Oh yeah, you guys are definitely voting. Yeah. Florida's an interesting case. Mm -hmm. Just you know, we all know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll we'll all be voting early. And I think that's the point, right? Yes. Vote yes. early, not late. Earlier on time. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Our lives depend on it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the We Are Meaningful podcast. Follow us on Instagram at wearemeaningful.co and visit our website to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. We're excited to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Talk to you next week.